1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 through 11. Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved. If you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. Last of all, as one untimely born, he appeared also to me. For I'm the least of all the apostles, unworthy to be called an apostle, because I, was, I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that was with me. Whether then it was I or they, so we preach and so you believed. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. What an awesome passage. It's amazing. Man. And so we're back. You know, Paul has, we've been going through some some tricky cultural topics and we're back here. Paul, you know, 1 Corinthians 13, he, he points to the centrality of love. You know, there's mm. spiritual gifts, there's roles in the church, there's order, but at the center of all of it is love. Yeah. And what is love if not the gospel? of God. Amen. God dying for sinners. And so we're back at the core of the apple, you know, and uh there's there's just so much great stuff here and he he's pointing to the entirety of scripture. He's pointing to the witness of the church. This is a great apologetics passage, you know, mm-hmm. uh this is a letter that um you know, undebatably was circulating at the time. Right. Um so, you know, recently after the the resurrection of christ and it's like look it, the gospel of christ is true go talk to any of these 500 people who exactly. saw jesus with their own eyes and so a great passage jackson what are your thoughts on this passage and what it means for us today right you're so right on that this is one of those passages you know 11 verses that we could spend quite a bit of time on um yep you know i'm just you know, thinking about that uh, apologetic angle that you were just mentioning that Jesus appeared to, uh, to Cephas and he appeared to, uh, to James and he appeared to me also. And so there's eyewitnesses accounts of the resurrection. And so, so, so that, that actually matters. And we, we want to hang our hat on some of those things as it Mm -hmm. relates to the reliability of the resurrection and how we argue the resurrection. So, so that sort of stuff's very important. Um, yeah, we could go to lots of places, but there's two things that really stand out to me about these verses. And the first is that the gospel is a matter of first importance. Mm. Um, that's what Paul says in verse three, for I delivered to you as of first importance, what I also received. And he's referring to this gospel that he preached and that was received uh, in verse one. And so right off the get go, um, you know, we have this this idea that the gospel is not a tertiary thing. It's not a 
second ring kind of thing. I mean, it is the bullseye. It, it's it's the thing that matters the most. We we live in a world, and and increasingly in our world, um, people are sidelining the gospel in favor of all sorts of other stuff. Yeah. Now we we may be as good church going members of Christ covenant people who who gather together week by week, we would probably never want to say that, that the gospel shouldn't be the center of our lives or the center of our confession or anything like that. But practically, um, we are constantly trying to move past the gospel. We're constantly trying to move on to what is interesting, what is compelling, what's going to you know sell people, what's going to get people yep. in the seats. It's yep. just amazing how bored we can get with the powerful gospel of Jesus Christ and Paul absolutely refuses to allow us to move past the gospel. Mm-hmm. And, he, and here's one of those opportunities where he brings us back and he says, hey, you know what you should really care about? You know what is absolutely the bullseye of the target? You know what's the center of our confession? The gospel. It's a matter of first importance. Mm-hmm. So don't move past it. Yeah. But then he also clarifies what is the gospel. And you know, there's, there's more to be said about the gospel, but you know, we live in a world these days that not only wants to move past the gospel, but is very um, keen to uh, redefine the gospel. And, yeah. and, and so, um, you know, you're seeing this more and more, and this could be a bit uh, tricky and, you know, maybe worthy of unpacking it at, at length, but, but, you know, we, we have sort of the, the social justice gospel that says that what the gospel is, is, loving our neighbor or what the gospel is, is racial reconciliation or what the gospel is, is, is X, Y, or Z thing. Mm-hmm. And in Paul, in first Corinthians 15, he really clarifies what some of the fundamental tenets of the gospel are. And so he says, I delivered to you of what was of first importance that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, mm. that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day, and then he appeared to Cephas in the 12 that he was resurrected. Mm. And so we get these like fundamental tenets of the gospel. The gospel is the good news that God did something in Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. that he sent him to live a, a life that we could not live and die a death that we deserve to die uh, and to be raised gloriously to everlasting yeah. life. Yeah. And by receiving Jesus, we two can share in that life and have our sins forgiven. And there's lots of wonderful stuff that flows from that, but we got to make sure we get the gospel right. Yeah. The gospel empowers, I mean, to use the social justice gospel, like social justice and and the pursuit of justice in our world and, and, you know, breaking the bonds of oppression and injustice is more empowered by the central message that God died for his creation exactly like that is the the most powerful ground to stand on and so uh you know it's it's not sidestepping those sorts of things but it's actually putting them on a firm foundation right to your point there's a phrase that he uses in here a couple times and we'll see it some more in accordance with the scriptures right christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures he was buried he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. And what is so important here is the gospel, it's not a plan B. Right. It it was not, you know, merely the product of, you know, Jesus haphazardly being killed mm-hmm. against his will. 
And, you know, one of, we were just talking about this verse. <laughs> this is like one of the coolest quotes of all time. Uh, it's just cold-blooded and awesome. But Jesus in John 10, verse 18, he says, no one takes my life from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and I have authority to take it up again. Oh. It's so good. I mean, like that is just awesome. And no and one that, else can say that. But what's so important there is, you know, Jesus knows the mission that he's on. And we see even in his earthly ministry that he's he knows where the road is headed and that it's not this haphazard unfolding of, you know, sad, unjust yeah. actions of man, but that it's actually the it is the narrative of scripture right? and his raising, you know, uh, one of my favorite passages that points to the resurrection is in Hosea six, uh, verse one and two, it says, come, let us return to the Lord. He has torn us that he may heal us. He has struck us down and he will bind us up after two days. He will revive us on the third day. He will raise us up that we may live before him. So this idea that Christ would die and then be raised on the third day and that the church of God would be raised up with him. It is, it is as old as scripture itself. Yes. And so that is so powerful in how we think of the work and person of Jesus. Amen. You know, one other thing that I think really ought to be highlighted as we consider these verses is that the gospel word um, that Jesus died in accordance with the scriptures that, uh, that, he was buried and that he was raised and that he appeared. Um, this message is a message that is to be received. Yeah. So, you know, if we go back to the very beginning verses, now I remind you brothers of the gospel that I preached to you, which you received yeah. in which you stand in which you are being saved, which you're continuing in. And um, we, we want to be mindful that the gospel is something that demands a confrontation. Like you can't just live beside the gospel and just sort of be near it and, yeah. and, and, you know, by osmosis sort of be uh, brought yes. into yeah, a relationship with yeah. God uh, because you went to church or because you were uh, near gospel believing people because your parents believe the gospel because you had good friends who believed in Jesus no, the gospel is something that hits us right in the chest. Yep. And we have to say, okay, am I going to respond in faith? Yep. Or am I going to respond with unbelief? Amen. And, and and so what what the gospel this this matter of first importance is bidding us to respond in is faith, is to believe in Jesus and to hope in Jesus, to wave the white flag and come to him and say, you're all that I have. You're the only hope that I have. Mm -hmm. And so I gladly give you my life. Yeah, and it doesn't stop there, right. but it, it transforms our life. And I love how Paul, he speaks of his own salvation. You know, he says, I'm I'm the least of the apostles, not even worthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by God's grace, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain. And then he, he talks about how he's basically pouring out his life like wax uh, to further this message and, you know, I think a good question to just land on and meditate on is, is God's grace toward me, like, am, is it in vain? Mm. And, and that's, mm. that's really heavy and, and challenging. But I think it's good to ask is, am I living in a way in which, 
And, and you know, like God does not save us because he needs to use us. We're not our like, you know, inability to act and be obedient does not hinder God's ability to work, but he does desire to use us. He does desire for his kindness to lead us to repentance and to uh, turn us into ambassadors for him on the earth. And so, you know, may we be people who likewise can say God's grace toward me was not in vain, but I worked hard yes. um, in the business of God. So Amen. a great word from 1 Corinthians 15, really powerful. And may we be people who work out our salvation. For Jackson Randall, this is Will Carlisle. We'll see you tomorrow on Our Daily Rhythm. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for our daily rhythm.